The Road by Cormac McCarthy, pages 1 through 60. The pages being used for reference points are coinciding with the hardback edition. And I know in class we have a wide variety of versions between the paperback and some Kindle-like editions. So we will match up based on content, not necessarily page numbers, but for sake of the reference, we're pages 1 through 60 of the hardback. Cormac McCarthy puts us into a desolate situation. The world as we know it has ended. Society has ceased to function. And while we get this gloomy gray existence with very few survivors, we are introduced to a father and a son who are making their way through a very desolate world. We discussed in class the idea of time in these first 60 pages where time in a lot of ways no longer matters. There's no longer important dates, things to look forward to. The past is just the past. The future is the future. But ultimately what we're dealing with is everything is the present. This concept that we can't even trust our memories in some regard, the further we get away from a past that is completely gone, which makes that scene so powerful when the father gives his son the Coca-Cola to drink, knowing that this might be the only time this boy ever enjoys a, a soda. The boy is aware of this. And while the boy is young, and we discussed this in class without sort of trying to Google it or figure it out through other sources, you know, most likely somewhere around six years old seems to be appropriate age for his behavior. There's an awareness of life and death, of what's at stake, but ultimately the tremendous fear that they both are living under and the tension between the father and himself, not the father and son. There's no tension there. There's love, but there's tension within the father and his own mindset. He's got to put on a brave face to make his son feel comfortable and safe, but he can barely guarantee it. And in many ways, he knows in the situation that he's put himself into by just surviving day in, day out, the odds are against them. That the chance of success and what is success just in general is going to be a difficult thing to consider. There's so much to, to unpack here. I think we've done a great job in class looking at the text, the various passages. And there's something in the way McCarthy organizes the text in this way that seems very poetic. It's very hard to rush or skip or jump around this text because there's so much to talk about. What I want to really focus on with this podcast is the relationship that we see between the wife and the man and also in regards to the mother and son relationship. We have to remind ourselves that the boy is born after the world has ended. And what I mean by that is the society as we know it has ended, and that is when the boy is born. And that passage we looked at in class, he enters into a world where there's no guarantees. All the amenities that we're used to, all, all the aspects of society that we take for granted are now gone. This traumatic event has eliminated people. 
as pointed out in the text, all these little squabbles that people had against each other or with each other ultimately disappear just instantaneously when this catastrophic event takes place. But yet this boy is born into this world. And in many ways, this is all he knows outside of the memories that his father is able to share with them and with him. So we need to consider the fact that we have a man who's trying to guide his son, knowing that life was once much easier, cleaner, nicer. And a son who's only seen this dark, gray, gloomy, dangerous world. The mother figure is very important because once she decides that she is done, and this is not something that happened instantaneously. Remember, the boy is aging. And while we get jumps in the timeline and flashbacks, we have to remember that this woman decided that she was out after, we have to assume, a couple years of incredibly difficult situations on top of living in fear of what might come be coming their way. The fear of what is next is now no longer a problem for her. She wants out and she's defiant with her decision. And while it's easy to point at the fact that maybe she should have said goodbye to the boy in her own way, there comes a point where she is broke. There's nothing she can give. There's nothing she can guarantee. And she believes that the right thing to do would be to kill the boy as well. But she knows the, son, the father will not do that to the son. And a huge overarching looming issue with this whole entire text is that the father knows at some point he's going to die. Whether it's sooner or later, we don't know. But at some point, he's going to have to leave his son. And there's the issue as well of will he have to kill his son to save him from even a worse, more painful, violent death? Is, that is there. That is ever present in this story. That's why the pistol with the limited amount of bullets is essential to our understanding of the fine line in this first 60 pages of life and death as we move through the entire book. It's not just that the bullets are meant for the man himself. It's like, could he have the guts, the stomach, having to put his son out of potentially a terrible misery by eliminating him from his life? The mother did not want to continue. And when she makes her decision and she moves on, there is this love-hate that you can feel between the man and his now-deceased wife. She left them behind. And while it's easy to sort of try to label her a quitter, I don't think we can do that. The situation that they are in is so bleak that the man is unable to truly do anything but survive, and he is surviving for his son. There's lots of false hope being presented by the father to the son. The idea that they are going to move south and that in some way, shape, or form is going to make, make sure that they're going to be safer there. It's a complete guess. The threat of seeing other people, and we see at the end of this, this first section of the first 60 page we looked at, running into the people with the oil tanker, eventually killing the man with the knife in the woods, which now sets them up 
for not only the, the atmosphere and the terrain and the circumstances they are in being a problem. Now they potentially have enemies due to the death of one of their members. There's a lot to unpack with this text, and I, I don't think the podcast will do it justice, and that's why we will be using every second of every period to make sure that we're really ingesting this and thinking about it and being thoughtful about it. I don't want us to write off the, the wife character as being negative. I think she represents exactly how many of us would probably feel in this situation. Years of trying to survive day in, day out, not knowing if you could make it, not day to day, but hour to hour. The sense of community that we talked about in previous books this quarter, we understand is not there. We are now in extreme isolation. Where individualism is, while not going to be easy to survive, it might be essential to survival which is not normally how we look at communities who make it from season to season, year to year. So the man and the boy are off on an impossible journey into a complete unknown with only what seems to be terror and evil looming around them. We have to think about how this mentally would wear on a person, both the boy who's being raised in this environment and the man who knows at one point in time life wasn't like this. That his own memories in many ways are haunting because ultimately he knows that that period is gone. Those things are not coming back. The circumstances he finds himself in as a father is impossible. And I do think there's a big difference between reading this book without children versus someone who has had children. There just is. I can tell for myself personally, it's been a very different experience reading this for the third time, engaging it with this way, preparing it to present it to you guys, but now as a parent. The ability to protect a child in a world that is seemingly impossible to manage would be the most draining aspect anyone could ever create from a situation standpoint. But they must move on. They must try to find hope, try to find joy in a way that is going to be very subtle. Because what we need to think about and ultimately explore here is what is the concept of love? What is the concept of duty and loyalty? How do we view the aspects of family that are projected here? How are we to view the people and their behavior that the man and the boy run across in this story? What does that say about human nature and humanity? And ultimately, while thinking about and considering the idea of being put into the shoes of the main character, the man and the boy, are there parts of this story that are both relatable? Not in the sense that we're in a post-apocalyptic society trying to rebuild or just even survive. But are there lessons learned through the subtleties of their interactions?